Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. to Real Life Church. It is so good to see your smiling faces this morning here at Kentucky Trail and online. Well, hey, we are excited. We're going to really lean all the way into Jesus today. So stand on your feet. Let's worship God big together. Wandering into the night Once in a place to hide This weary soul this bag of bones. I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond. Just when I done. 
There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need, you've got. There's honey in the rock. Praying for a miracle. Thirsty for the living well. this morning. Yes, well, hey, we serve a God who's bringing dead things back to life even today. He's proving miracles in your life. He's changing the way for you. We're going to sing about that together today. Thank you. 
Let's give it up big for a God who turns graves into gardens. I'm going to tell you this, folks. There is nothing you could do. There is nothing you've already done that can outrun the love that God has for you today. And we are just so excited to kick this new year off live in person, giving it up big for him. Can you just give it up big for God one more time for all he's done? Man, it is a blessing and an honor to have you here in the house today. And I want you to help me with something real quick, everyone in the room. We're going to welcome an awesome group of people hanging out with us today. They're online. They're called Real Life Church Online. And I want them to hear you encouraging them and lifting them up this morning. So can we do that real quick? Awesome. Do you hear that, Real Life Church Online? That's for you. We love having you here. Hey, everyone in the room today, what a blessing to see you in person after a couple weeks worshiping at home together. Will you find someone around you, someone you don't know? Maybe you haven't learned their name yet. Make a quick connection and then have a seat. 
love it. I love seeing you guys connecting. Hey, if you're online, I want you connecting in the comment section right now, saying, hey, learning some names there in the con in the comment section, throwing up that wave emoji, however you want to do that. We love having you here. If you are brand new to Real Life Church, can I just say welcome home? We love having you here. We hope you leave here today having connected with someone. We hope you leave here today knowing how much God loves you and that he has a plan for your life in 2023. If you're brand new with us, I want to give you some action steps. I want to encourage you to fill out our digital communication card. A couple ways you can do that. Get your phone and text RLNEW to 97000. If you've got a seat back in front of you, there's a QR code you could scan with your camera app. There's a link in the comments if you're hanging out with us online. However you do it, takes you to the same place. You see, we've got a follow-up team that would love to answer any questions you have about Real Life Church. We want to hear your story, and we want to just be praying for you and your family this week. So we'll reach out to you completely digitally if you fill that out, and we would just love to connect with you this week. If you're brand new in the room today, I want to give you another action step on top of that. Maybe you're not brand new. Maybe you just haven't done this yet. We have a new here booth right out there in our hub, and we would love for you just to stop by. We'd love to put a name to a face, and we do have a small gift for you. Just our way again of saying thank you so much for being here with us this week at Real Life Church. Well, guys, there's a reason that every week we meet here at Kentucky Trail Elementary and we turn it into real life church. That we, we set this up every week. It takes a little bit of time, it takes a lot of help. We tear it back down and we do it again week after week. And the reason is because we are a church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And every one of, the, of us in this room, at one point in our lives, we were far from God and through uh, through people who loved and cared about us and poured into us, through God himself, through the Holy Spirit, through his word. We're here today. Wherever, wherever your story is, it's because people living out this mission. And I'm going to tell you, man, we had an awesome 2022. Because of people living out this mission, 31 people were baptized at Real Life Church. Yeah, go ahead, give it up. God's done some great things. Because of people living out this mission, we've seen attendance grow by 18% over the last year. And we are just pumped at the momentum. We are excited to see how God can use us in 2023 to just meet people where they are. I said it before, I'll say it again, you cannot outrun the love that God has for you. I don't know what season of life you're in. I don't care how messy things have been. God is ready to meet you here today exactly where you are. And it's people who are living out that mission that just want to pour into you today. So if you don't feel like you have a church home, if you don't feel like you've put down roots anywhere, I just want to welcome you to do that at Real Life Church. And you're going to hear some practical steps later in the gathering, how you can join us on mission. But one way that we all can do right now is be thinking about and praying about the people in your life that are close to you but are far from God. Pray for them and invite them. God's got some exciting things happening here at Real Life in 2023. We just want to reach out to them just like we want to reach out to you wherever you are. Well, guys, it's 2023. It's January. Who out here made some resolutions? Anybody make any resolutions? Maybe a better question, are you still keeping those resolutions? Have you fallen off the wagon? It's okay if you have. We know that change is hard. Change is super hard. And a lot of times what we do is we try to bite off the big chunk and dive in head first into something and we fail pretty quickly. But I'm here to tell you today, if you've fallen, if you failed, no big deal, get back on that horse. But this time, make small changes, small habits, and roll those day into day and see where God can take you. I'm so stoked as we continue this series to see how God can use us as a church in 2023. And Sean's gonna come up here and lead us through how we can make 2023 your best year yet, your breakout year. Give it up for Sean Petrie. He's got a word, come on. Man, who's feeling blessed already this year? You guys feeling blessed? 
I know Drew, man, he had a good week off. He's got some spiritual Wheaties he ate at some point the last couple weeks. So, I mean, I hope you guys had a great uh, last Sunday, really with your family and at home. And uh, I'll say a special thanks to our dream team. It's really the team that really puts this together and just uh, kind of the tip of the spear for the things of God. And I really want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for putting together this to really all you do for the kingdom of God. And it's, it may not feel like you see it all the time, but every soul matters. And to see those people come to Christ last year and decide to go public with their faith. And you're talking somebody every other week that's deciding to get baptized and, and more than that, really. And to see their lives change, you play a part of every story. And so every number is really a soul. And uh, souls matter to God. So can you give up for our dream team and just say thank you for all they do and make this place happen. Well, today we launch into the second part of the series called Your Breakout Year. And uh, I just believe God has put something very special on my heart today. Uh, something that's just been brewing inside of me and I've been seeing in other people and seeing in myself. And I really want to just dive into this idea of what it is to reignite uh, maybe your personal passion, but really more importantly, your spiritual passion, uh, your spiritual purpose in Christ. And so today I'm going to give you a message that really entitled Ignition. And it's really about taking off in 2023, amen? It's really maybe a missing link, and I'm not going to give you a bunch of steps, but I'm going to really dive into one key thought today that I'll reveal later, and I believe it's just going to help you take off in this year and, and launch into things of God. And uh, you think about New Year's, and it's really about resolutions, as Drew kind of pointed out, and, and goals, and I'm not going to give you really a, a speech on goals, um, but, but I will say this, goals are super powerful. Uh, matter of fact, they, they really have a, a big impact. And I, I think about a study that was taken at Stanford University, and it was a long study, it was a 15-year study, and they, they surveyed a large amount of their students, and the, they kind of tracked who had goals and who had plans. And so they asked these students, and they came down to the only 16% of people had actual goals or plans. And out of those 16, only 3% actually had written goals and plans. Well, they tracked this for 15 years, and this is what really gets interesting that they, they, they found that those that had goals just in their mind, they had plans in their mind, actually made twice as much money as the rest of the 80, would be 84% of people. And that, that's pretty, pretty significant, but what's really crazy is that the number of the 3% had written goals. They tracked them 15 years later and found out they made 10 times amount as money as all 97% combined. Is that crazy? And a lot of you guys are like this, like, oh, here we go, the goal speech. <laughs> here comes the tension, you know, like some of your blood pressure went up, right? Because uh, statistically, uh, many, if not most, or like 97% of us, come on somebody, do not have written goals. I mean, who has written goals for this year? <laughs> Rochelle. <laughs> so now you know where to go ask money from. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, do it. It'd be good. Um, but the reality is for so many of us, we don't even get out of the starting block. <laughs> I almost died on the starting block. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> just be praying for me. But we don't, we don't get out of the starting block. We don't even get into the race. Matter of fact, we like self-sabotage ourselves before we even get where God's calling us to go because there's some voice in our head, and every one of us, we face these voices. There's, there's these voices that sit on our shoulders, and you got the voice of God and the Holy Spirit, and you really got the voice of self and Satan and demons, and, and you're warring, right? And there's a voice that's just so overbearing for so many of us, and it's really the voice of self-defeat. There's, there's a voice that says this, why try? Why, why try? It really comes down to really the self-defeat of why try. Uh, you, you'll never make it. Uh, look what happened last time you set a goal. Oh, you tried and failed. And, and the enemy has a way of just twisting failure as defeat instead of a lesson. You didn't learn. It's just a failure. And over and over, there's this voice that happens in our head all the time. You'll never make it. Why try? It's too difficult. And there's another voice that really speaks into our heads, and it's really the voice of laziness. It's too much work. Come on, somebody, right? It's too hard. Like, it's going to take extra effort. That, that, that's going to mean to have to get up and do something different. And these voices just, just war in our head. And we come to this point where we really self-sabotage ourselves out of the, the good things. And it's really sad because there's so many things that we can talk ourselves out of. Like health, come on, somebody. I mean, you're like, man, I know I should do this, but... And the voices come, right? Or, or, or we're talking about uh, maybe pursuing God. And you know, you're like, I get in the word of God. And I, I'd set a spiritual goal, but... you know, and, and I've seen people talk themselves out of heaven. You literally give them a book to read, and they're riding the cuffs, makes his for Christ, and they're having these great conversations, and then it's like, ah, I just don't know, and then they just walk away because they've reasoned themselves out of defeat away from Jesus. Matter of fact, people talk themselves out of making more money. Uh, they talk themselves out of, of, of building their marriage. I mean, it's like, oh, I know I should do something different, but man, I don't know if I, I can. You talk yourself out of educating yourself, uh, of reading books. Come on, somebody. I know you're like, oh, I know I should read some books, but, ah, oh, man. Uh, we talk ourselves out of learning a skill, and ultimately we can talk ourselves realistically out of the mission of God. 
It's so easy to sit on our hands. It's so easy to, to stay where we're at, and we don't get out the starting block. And it's so easy to really self-sabotage our future. And we're the ones that very well do it more than anybody. And I'm, I mean, talk to myself here a little bit too, right? We're just written out goals. Like, where are we leaning into? What direction do I have? And I want to do something very special today. I want to look at the life of Paul. And I want to just look at his passion. Like, what ignited Paul's passion? Like, what gave him this zeal? Like, what made him go through all this hard stuff? I mean, shipwrecked and left for dead. And I mean, he was, they tried to murder him the first day he became a Christian. Come on, somebody. I mean, a lot of people can't get up and go to church. Come on, right? And, and, and Paul's being threatened to be killed and put out of a side of a wall to hide from people trying to murder him his first day he becomes a Christian. Like, where does passion come from? And I've heard this said, there's two most important days in your life. is the day you're born and the day you find out why. You guys know it. The day you find out why. And, and that's my prayer for you today is that, you, that the Holy Spirit would just whisper into your heart that this is why. That you'd just make room for God and you would see the mission of God. You'd see the call of God in your life and you'd be reinvigorated for the things of God and say, hey, this is why. Amen. So I want you to invite you to just close your eyes for a second. I want you to invite the Holy Spirit just in next to you. Just say, God, remind me of why I'm in the race. God, give me a purpose to wake up to. God, I just invite you to, to move in. God, I'm making room for you. Just speak to me. God, make this my this is why moment today. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want you to look at the life of Paul, and this story really starts out, and I'm going to give you some background. He, I mean, Paul says, I mean, he's got a lot of background, but I'll give you a piece of what he says, and it's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. It says this, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I mean, if anybody is good, I mean, anybody can be self-righteous, anybody has ability to boast about how great they are and have accomplished things, man, it's me, it's, it's, it's Paul. Man, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was the people of Israel. I was the tribe of Benjamin, the best of the best. I was the elite. I was Hebrews of Hebrews. I was in regards to the law of Pharisee. I was the, the leader of the law. I memorized the books of the Bible. I knew the Torah. I was perfectly righteous in the eyes of God. And as for zeal, as for passion, I mean, he was so passionate, he was persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, man, I was faultless. And you think about Paul before he became a Christian. This man was so full of himself, he had no room for God. Amen? I mean, he really was. He thought he figured it out. Like, he had all the right answers. He's persecuting the church. You, you find in Acts chapter 7, the, the first martyr in the New Testament, you see Stephen. And, and Paul's the one holding the, the cloaks. He's holding people's coats as they're throwing stones and killing Stephen. And he, Paul just gets this passion, a zeal for what he thinks is right. And matter of fact, he starts arresting Christians. And it's amazing. I just want to stop here for a second. It's, it's amazing how God used Paul in a mighty way. Amen? It really is amazing. You have, you have, a, you have a murderer, uh, somebody that was, that was going after Christians and, and, and killing them, and then is transformed by the power of Christ, by the Holy Spirit. He's going to call his life, and all of a sudden, he's, going to, he's converting people far from God to Christianity. Amen? He, he went from destroying the church to developing leaders in the church. Amen? Matter of fact, you look at the last four books that, that Paul wrote, he wrote specifically to leaders in the church. Like he's launching the church. Matter of fact, almost 40% of the New Testament is written by Paul. I mean, Paul was on fire. He was ignited by the things of God. And I just want to tell you today, you're never too messed up for God to use you, amen? You're never too messed up. You're never too messed up to add value to the kingdom of God. I mean, if there's breath in your lungs, which only guaranteed none, amen? God has a purpose for you. And the reality is this, no matter how dirty you are or how messed up this season is or whatever you did, you're never too dirty for God to love you, amen? You're never. And, and we get hung up on this, like, I'm not good enough, I can't make it. I just want to encourage you, the question isn't, are you precious to God? That, that, that's not the question, because we have God's grace, amen? God loved you through your sin. That's God's grace. He cares for you. You can never be too far from God for God not to love you. The real question in 2023, is God precious to you? Is God precious to you? Like, is he here? Like, you got your ear to the, to the Holy Spirit. Like, are you walking with him? That's really the question because out of that is birth, your call and your passion that drives really everything else in your life, something much deeper than a goal. So I want you to look back at, at Paul's story and what really ignited his, his faith and really back into really his conversion. He, he says this in Romans 15, it's the last chapter of Romans. He says this, he says, Therefore I, talking about Paul, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything 
except what Christ has accomplished through me. I'm not going to talk about anything else. I'm not going to boast in anything I've done with my human ability. But I will boast in this only, says, in leading the Gentiles to obey God. Teaching obedience, right? Matthew 28. I'm not going to boast in anything. Everything's secondary to the mission that God had me on. It's the only thing that matters. Souls matter to Paul, amen? Because they're on the heart of God. He said this, I'm not boasting anything but what I've said or done, but by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so from Jerusalem all the way around to Elycrium, this is the place where he traveled on his missionary journeys. He says, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. Man, wouldn't that be a goal for our lives, to fully proclaim the gospel of Christ? And it has always been my what? Help me out. My, it's always been my ambition. This has always been my desire since day one, my passion, my drive. Since the beginning, my purpose was to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation, rather as it is written. And there's this verse that Paul is going to quote, and it's found in Isaiah 52. And this verse was in the heart of God, or in the heart of Paul, from God. And it drove his ministry. This was the birthplace, really, of his passion. He says this, those who are not told about him will see Jesus. And those who have not heard will understand, really, the gospel. And so we get some insights here from Paul, really, about really his, where his, his passion came from. And really, see, his ambition was, was to preach the good news to those who had never heard. Uh, to, on his first day, that he's always been, since day one, this has been his passion. And I want to say this about Paul. See, Paul found his why not on the day that he was born, but the day he was born again. Amen? The day he was born again is where he found his why. Like, you cannot unmarry the gospel from your passion and drive in life, amen? Because that's, that's why we are here. And so Paul, like he was born again and he didn't find his passion and drive in life in something he accomplished with his human hands and his own power and his own strength and his own ability and his own self-righteousness and the things of the world. No, he found it in Jesus. Matter of fact, when Jesus found him in Acts chapter nine, uh, he was persecuting Christians. He, he was trying to get orders to arrest churches and, and kill Christians. And, and Jesus found him on the, on, on the road, right? And, uh, and that light shined in Paul's eyes and blinded him. And he said, who is this? And he said, this is Jesus. And that was Paul's uh, oh poop moment. Come on, somebody, right? Because, you know, if you're blind and your scales on your face and you know the God, the living God of all creation, who you've killed his followers and you've talked blasphemy against all these things is in front of you, you're wondering if you're going to get zapped into eternity. Come on. Just boom. I mean, you can see the, just the amount of sweat and fear and everything upon Paul. And this is just Jesus is leading Paul to Jesus. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, the fear because he has gone the wrong direction. And since day one in his faith, he's born again. This is what he says. He tells his own testament in Galatians. This is his first book he writes. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. Tells his story. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. I didn't receive it from man. <laughs> no, we didn't. Nor was I taught it. Rather, I see it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Who can say that? Yeah, Jesus led me to Jesus, and I was terrified. For, yeah, I've heard of my previous way of Judaism, how intensely how I persecuted the church, and I tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond me in my own age, because, you know, he's talking about self-righteousness, right? Among people, I was extremely zealous of the traditions of my father, but when God, come on, somebody. Who knows this is what changed for your life, too? There's that but when God moment, and everything shifted for you. And when God set me apart, when God purposed me, when God changed my life because I realized who he was, and he says this, when God set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so I might, help me out, I might what? I might preach. That boy's gonna be called to be a preacher of God. Preach Jesus among the Gentiles, among those who've never heard, among those far from God. Can I just say really quickly, you are purposed from God? You, you are purposed from God. That God, you're not here to take up space, amen? We're, we're not here to fill a seat. You're not here to make it through 2023 and survive. You're not here to live for the weekend. You're, you're purposed by God. If there's breath in your lungs, we're called to do something about it. And the main thing is really share Jesus and obey Jesus and fall in love with Jesus. You're set apart on a mission from the womb. In other words, you were made for this. Literally, think about it, made for this. The reason you are put together is because you're going to be called by God to live on mission and on purpose for the things of Christ. Matter of fact, the day you were born again, the Spirit of God would whisper into your soul, this is why. Amen? This is why. You're not an ambassador for Christ. It really doesn't matter what career path and all the, the things of this world. What really matters is what did you do with Jesus? 
What, 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 what is your passion and drive to, to bring your coworkers to Christ or the friend or the neighbor or the, the person maybe you don't like? Come on, somebody, right? My Walmart buddies, right? Like, wh- wh- where is that? And that's what God is calling us to do. Matter of fact, I'll say this. You can't, you can't discover your purpose apart from God. You, you can't find it anywhere. Uh, you can't find it in self-help. You can't find it in money. Uh, you can't find it in being self-actualized. Sorry, Maslow. Come on, right? You took psychology. Come on, right? A long time ago, right? <laughs> But you have a God, right, who has given you a purpose. It, it, it's in your DNA. Come on. It flows in your veins. It's in your bones. Amen? This is where it comes from. And so for Paul, like all of a sudden, his whole life was wrecked for Jesus, and God gave him a why. And so in the Christian faith, when people say, well, I can't, or, or it's too hard, or it's not possible, or like it, it's, this is self-defeat and all this, like you get laziness and all these things, that's the flesh speaking. That, that, that's Satan. That, that, that's not the things of God. Amen? Because you're serving a living God who's given you a call and on a mission. So we don't use those words. Those aren't the words we choose the word. We get up and say, okay, God, you give me a purpose today. What's your purpose for me today? Like, I'm going to live on mission today. Look what happened when Paul found his wife. This is incredible. Paul, Paul became a Christian. He's on, he's on the road, right? And he's got scales on his face. And then there's a whole situation that occurs where, where Jesus ends up in Jerusalem, or Paul ends up in Jerusalem, and the scales fall off his face. And Paul starts preaching. Day one, he starts proclaiming the gospel. Day one, he's so he's going around, he's basically telling people that he was wrong and now they're wrong and they did a change and they didn't receive it very well, right? Y'all been in that church? Come on, somebody, right? They didn't receive it very well. And, and so, so basically they went to kill him. I mean, he, they, so, he, so he's like escaping the city by other disciples so he can survive. Now, I don't know what your first week of you coming to Christian looked like. Come on, somebody. About how, how hard that was. But I guarantee you it didn't look anything like this. Like, his faith was real day one, that second. There was no pretending, there was no game. It was like, oh my, Jesus is real. And so he started proclaiming the name of Jesus. He does something very unique. He is called into the wilderness. He leaves the crowd, the people, the mission of reaching people in that season. And he goes and he spends time in the wilderness. It's a desert. And tradition says that he spent time with Jesus. That's what Paul's an apostle. Like, you'd be an apostle, you have to actually been with Jesus. And so Paul is with Jesus and having conversations with Jesus in, in the wilderness and is being discipled or led by Jesus. And I just think about like this, uh, like a fireside chat, right? Like you imagine like a campfire and, and Paul stand there or sitting there next to Jesus and they're making eye contact. And, and you, you know you're asking Jesus all these questions. And, and I think the main thing that you'd pick up on is what's on the heart of God. Because ultimately what's on God's heart should be on our heart, amen? And, and so Paul's like, hey, Jesus, what, what's on your heart? Like, why would you do all this? And I think if you just, I'm speculating here, right? But if you go back, there's a, there's a passage in Isaiah that Paul referred to in his own life. And it's found in Isaiah 52. And maybe Jesus would open this passage and, and just describe a little bit about who he is. In Isaiah 52, it says this, look, my servant will succeed. This is talking about Jesus himself. Look, I will succeed. I'll be elevated, I'll be lifted high, and greatly exalted, just as many were horrified by the sight of you. He wasn't talking about Paul, but Paul would relate to this very quickly because they already tried to kill him. He said, I was so disfigured, I had no longer looked like a man. If my form was so marred, I no longer looked human. And as Paul sat there with Jesus, Jesus would recount, he would reiterate, and he would share what it was like to be crucified. He would talk about the crown of thorns as it pushed into his scalp. And how it felt with the, 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 the nails pushed through his, his wrists and his ankles. And he would look at Paul talking about the tension of not calling on the angels to wipe out humanity because he loved humanity. He'd walk through the whole story of all the pain and the horror of being disfigured as a human that nobody recognized him. And he'd say, Paul, I did it for you. Amen? I did it for you, but I didn't just do it for you. I did it for them. Those people are going to go back to. I did it for all those Gentiles and all the kings and all the nations. And Jesus would have quoted this verse or maybe read it. He said, I will startle. Some verses say sprinkle. It really means cleanse the nations. It's just like this priest like sprinkling water over the nations with the gospel. Like I will cleanse the nations, Paul. And kings will stand speechless in my presence. The greatest among all greats in this world will be jaw-dropped at the name of Jesus. For they will see what they have not been told, and they will understand what they've not heard about. And from this moment on, this would have been Paul's life verse, amen? 
and he just changes to tell his story. And the first thing he says is, let me tell you about something. He says, there's nations that'll be changed. And he starts quoting this verse. Where do you think that came from? That passion, it just set into his heart. And so his passion would drive Paul's life to bring the gospel to all people. And he surrendered his heart to the heart of God. See, Paul knew the reality that the nations weren't gonna reach themselves, amen? If no one tells them, they'll never hear. How will they hear without somebody telling them? This is Paul, this is Romans 10. He's sharing this heart. I mean, at church, it's like, how, how is an empty seat gonna, gonna make disciples? There's a lot of great messages preached around the world to empty seats. There really are. And Paul got it. He's like, I'm called. Like, I don't understand what you are. I'm gonna go after the things of God. And so I don't know about you, but have you surrendered to the heart of God? Have you put your ear to the Holy Spirit? Have you, have you listened? I mean, if God can save somebody like me, this is you telling yourself that as well as me, then I need to tell somebody else, amen? I mean, if God wanted to reach our city, he would have already done it, but he chooses to use us, amen? And that's what we're here for. We're here to, to make God big, to show off his glory, his power, his strength, and the faith we have in Jesus. We live out to a lost and dying world. We're a light, come on somebody. We don't sit on our hands under a basket. We shine to the world, amen? This is what God's called us to do. Matter of fact, it's really cool about Paul. He would go on to stand before kings. It's pretty cool. Matter of fact, you'll find that in Acts 26. He, he goes for the governor, Festus. He's sitting in, in jail at this point. And uh, they switched out some governors and Festus shows up and he's kind of confused on what to do with Paul because he's like, I really have a reason to send the Rome, but he wants to go, but I don't know what to even tell Rome. So he calls on a buddy of his who's King Agrippa. And this is the first time that Paul gets to share the gospel with this king. If you ever get a chance to read Acts 26, I mean, he lays it out cold. I mean, it's just there. And then Festus is like, hey, you need to calm down. You're going crazy. He's like, I'm not crazy. And this guy knows I'm not crazy because he knows the ways of this faith. And he starts laying out to King Agrippa. And there's one of this verse in the Bible that just makes your hair stand on end. Because it's like, I mean, I hope that's not me. Because King Agrippa, he makes this comment. He says, you were so close to persuade me, Paul. But you're not going to. And so many people be left unchanged by the gospel. And Paul just lays it out for him. It's just so amazing because he's standing in front of kings. Like this verse that Jesus has given him is coming true. Matter of fact, Paul, if you know his story, he's sent off to Rome. He's appealed as a Roman citizen, so he, he took that direction. And uh, he, he's sitting there and in, in Philippians 4, he's friends with the household of, of Caesar. Like the guards, the people, family members, right? And, and, and it says also in Acts 27 that he, he's going to stand for the emperor. And so it's not found in the Bible written out, but we know full-heartedly that Jesus would have, or Jesus, Jesus and Paul, come on somebody, right? That Paul would have stood before Emperor Nero, Nero, the Caesar of Rome, and shared the gospel. How crazy is that? That your audience would be really the most powerful human in that moment in time in existence. Paul worked his way over. God moved him in that direction because he was willing to be passionate enough to be arrested and shipwrecked and left for dead and hunted down and threats against him because he had a call in his life, amen? This, this, is, this, is, this is just the beginning of the gospel spreading to really our world because a man like Paul was just faithful to the call of God in his life. You know, I wanna tell you this, Paul didn't do it sitting on his hands. You can't miss this. Paul, Paul didn't do it, so many people it's like, man, if God just shows up this year, if God's gonna reach some people. And they wait for, for God to move a mountain or solve a problem. And it's like, dude, that's why God put you there, amen? Like you're there to move. See, Paul had a call in his life, but he also had calloused hands, amen? He went out. It was hard work. That's a scary word, but it was worth it. Who, who knows that fortune favors the bold? Like the, the, like the cause of Christ moves forward for those who have bold faith. And Paul had that bold faith. And it didn't look like the way that he'd write the story, but it was exactly where God wanted to be. And he lived on mission. He took action, even though he could have been defeated and the threats and he, he was a tent maker. But here's, a, here's what's really cool. He had a plan. Like think about it, Paul actually had a plan. He had a strategy. He, he knew what he was trying to do. There's a reason that Paul was trying to get to kings and leaders and governors. It wasn't an accident. Like that was his mission. And look at Romans 15, 23, it says this. Since I, this is being Paul, have been longing for many years to visit you. I what? Help me out. I, I plan. Do biblical precedents have a plan? Come on, somebody. He had a plan. Like in his mind, in his heart, I don't think he had a business plan. Come on, somebody. I don't think he chiseled this thing out in stone and carried it around on a parchment or something. But he had a plan. 
He had a plan to go visit these people in Rome when he's going to go to Spain. Who, who knows that, you know, Paul's going to go to Spain. Maybe that's news for you today, but Paul, Paul's trying to bring the gospel around the world. I love about the Bible is you can find every place in the Bible. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of religious books you can't find a place in. And Paul is like, here's Spain. Oh, that's right in the Bible. And Paul wants to bring the gospel to Spain. He says, I hope to see you while passing through and have to assist me on my journey there and after I've enjoyed your company for a while. I mean, he had a goal, he had a plan, had a passion for the things of God. He had a strategy in place. Like his goal was to go around, you know, you're talking about the north side of the Mediterranean Sea and bring the gospel to the Gentiles because that's what was his call. He tried to go to Asia and then he's directed all around by the Holy Spirit and he's just making his way over to Spain to share the good news of the gospel. And, and he really, the tradition says he made to Spain. He, he probably stood before the, the leaders of Spain, the cities of Spain, and shared the good news, amen? I mean, if it wasn't for Paul, the gospel may not have made it so quickly to our corner of the world. And so when you think about 2023, and you think about the, the spirit of God talking to your life, I, I'm just gonna tell you, it has to revolve around souls. It, it has to. Like the goal for your year, you have to have some kind of spiritual drive to see lost people found, amen? But I don't wanna get into like goal setting and I don't wanna get into, I think you should have goals. I think you should write your goals and I think it's gonna direct your life and I think they're really important. But I think there's something much deeper because when you get something hard in your life, you're gonna quit on that goal. When you get shipwrecked, you're gonna quit on that goal. When you get bit by a snake, come on, Paul, right? You quit on the goal, you have a thorn in your flesh. Why God? You quit on that goal. So I wanna back up a step. I wanna talk about spiritual passion. I wanna talk about the passion to follow through with the things of God in your life. I'm gonna give you a real practical step if you're looking through like, what is God calling you to do? How do I reach people? I think about the heart of, of Paul and, and you're talking about spiritual passion. I wanna give you a, one tool, just one resource of how to really define your spiritual passion and keep you motivated this year to, to really go out there and set those goals and pursue the things of God and bring up Jesus and not be ashamed of inviting people to church and, 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 and witnessing and being evangelist. And I mean, so many of you guys are freaking out right now. Like, oh man, I'm supposed to bring somebody and there's cards on my seat. And by the way, those aren't like recycled. Come on, somebody. We want you to use those, amen? And some of you are like, ah, I can't do it. Like, I'm just gonna let you off the hook. It's not you that does it. I mean, even as a preacher, I mean, some of you remind me this week, it's, it's a foolishness of preaching, amen? Like what I do is, is nothing. I'm just a fool for Jesus. But the Holy Spirit does something, amen? And, and there's a cycle you have to understand if you're gonna be a, a good at following God. It's just not about you. It's not about your effort or your not effort or about your work or how good you are. It's nothing about you. You're just an instrument in the hand of God, amen? You're just a vessel. You're just emptied out and then God uses you. And the way it works is really simple. The Holy Spirit moves in your life and then you proclaim and the Holy Spirit moves in somebody else's life. Get that cycle in your head. So before you turn me off and say, I can't invite somebody because fill in the blank, I just wanna let you off the hook that God does the work, amen? The Holy Spirit, you just, you just give room and you move on. If they don't like you, there's a problem, it doesn't matter. Like you just point people to Jesus, amen? And if we get past ourselves, you really is the beginning of God. And so I would encourage you, let the Holy Spirit move and just listen and, and follow the Holy Spirit in this. When we talk about spiritual passion and drive, you're gonna have to get, dig deep on this. You have to really understand your own heart and your own motivation. And so I wanna give you what I wanna call the love-hate list. Come on, somebody. Like you, passion. Passion invokes both emotion. Passion involves things you love and involves things you hate. And so if you just make the list, like there's a call of God in your life, the call of God in Paul's life. I want you to think about Paul and his mission to, to really reach nations and kings, and he followed through. There's some things you'd have to list out. What, what does he love? I mean, same things we'd love, right? He, he would love to see lost people found, amen? And he would love to see nations who would never know about God know because the gospel was proclaimed. And it wasn't always through him. It was through others that he grew and sent. He, he would love to see uh, people be broken free from the chains of sin. Uh, he would love to find people, find their purpose in Jesus. Uh, Paul loved to develop leaders and send them out. But there are also some things that Paul would absolutely hate. He, he, he would hate for a nation to go without the gospel. He would hate for a group of people not to know Jesus. I mean, it would have driven him. He would hate for a king not to ever heard the gospel. And this boy was prolific at getting in front of kings because Jesus had called him to do that. That was his mission. Now think about what we love, or as Christians, we should love and, and what we should hate. Now think about a really love list, like, man, we should love for lost people to come home, amen? I mean, we love it so much, we endure really messy people. And don't point, <laughs> but it's, it's us, right? 
We're all messed up. But the reality is this, we, we, we go out of our way to bring people to Jesus. It should, your whole schedule should be shifted around gospel moments, amen? You should be picking people out in your life that's like, oh man, I gotta give the gospel to them. You know, I think about like how many people on our blocks have we shared the good news of Jesus with? How many people on our blocks have we prayed for that know Jesus? How many people on our blocks have we invited to, to our church? How many people on our blocks have we invited to take a seat and put their knees under our table for the name of Jesus and for his glory? Amen? You'd find no other reason but that. This is why we exist. Man, we love to see people find their purpose in Jesus. We love to populate heaven. We love when people get baptized and their life is changed, when people are broken free from shame and sin in their life. But you know what we hate? When prodigals can't find their way home. Or bigger yet, when prodigals aren't welcomed home. When they show up and people are judgmental and they say, oh, that's my pew, you know, and they feel like they're just not loved and cared for. Do we hate that, amen? We don't put our nose up at the world. People have a problem. They, like, we'll pray for loss, but then they start coming. And it's like, ah, they're messy. People got a problem all of a sudden, you know? It's like, dude, that, we love people, right? Uh, we hate it when lost people stay lost. We hate it when we lose ground to division in the church. Uh, we, we hate it when, when Satan takes glory. Hate it. It drives us, right? And so the question I have for you is this. It, it's, it's really simple. Are you willing to reignite your spiritual passion. Before you give me the answer, I wanna encourage you with a story and give you a verse on bad here today. And it, it's really something bigger happening than you'd probably even meet your own eye. I, I came across a story this last week and I thought it was so powerful. There's this man who took his family to Disney World and he had two little kids and his wife's eight months pregnant and they got on one of these like, you call them a quad bike or something weird. I don't know what they are. If you've been to Epcot, they have these bikes apparently go around this lake and you know, the adults kind of pedal and the kids are like, yay, you know, right? And uh, anyway, there's a couple little hills and. These guys aren't in shape and he knows it, right? And he, but they, they're doing good, you know? But they get to the end, there's a little increase, but it's kind of long and it kind of gets steeper. And they're really hoofing out as parents, you know? You know how it is, you're just dragging the kids around. And it's like, for the glory of God and my kids, amen, right? And they get to the end, it's like, thank God we can turn this in. Well, the kids are screaming in the basket, you know? No, Dogan, Daddy, go around. You know, kids talk as adults and the dumbest things, you know? You look like fools dancing around the rims. You get those pictures on the camera, and it's like, what are these kids doing, right? And so this dad's like, okay, okay, we'll go again, we'll go again. And so they go around, and they get to that last little section, and all of a sudden, it's like, these guys aren't gonna make up the hill, right? This guy's like pedaling all his strength, his energy, he's sweating, and his wife's like, man, I'm, I'm not adding any value, like, I'm eight months pregnant, like, I'm just gonna go off the bike if that's okay. And he wasn't like, oh no, honey, I got, he's like, get off the bike, you know? And so she gets off the bike, and he's pedaling, 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 and all of a sudden, just gets to the point where, like, you can't pedal anymore. And it starts to kind of go backwards. You know, people are kind of passing on the side. And he's like, dude, just got this energy, got this passion. Like, ooh, and he starts pedaling as hard as he can. And he gets up to the top of the hill. And he looks back to like kind of boast himself. Like, look what I did, babe. And he turns around and he finds out his wife is pushing the bike up the hill. Come on, somebody. Right? And y'all been there and he, he said like this moment of humility because all of a sudden he's like, and then like there's kids past him going, why is that, why is that pregnant lady pushing their husband, you know? And he's like, oh my gosh, you know? And I just want to give you some hope today. The reality is this, is that there's somebody behind you pushing you up the hill, amen? There's a strength bigger than yourself. God is with you, amen? He is with you. He's strengthened you. It's the promise of God. He will be with us always into the end of the earth. And you get to the end of Paul's life, and man, he, he led, I mean, just a life on mission. And he, he just goes out like a star. I mean, just knowing it's his time, he wraps it up, puts a bow on top. You got, you got, you got the verse, right? I mean, I, I fought the good fight. Come on, somebody. I finished the course. I mean, this, this is Paul, right? And he, and he gets to the end. And it's really Second Timothy is his last book, the last thing he wrote, I mean, that we have in the Bible, but it's really, it's kind of a sign off, you know? It's kind of like, this is it. And he gets to the very end, and this is what he says, last, last couple of verses, it's found in Second Timothy, the last two verses. He said, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, amen? In the race I ran, where the call of God went, he was the one, he was the power force. He was the one ignited my flame and kept me moving forward so that through me, the message would be fully proclaimed to all the Gentiles to hear, amen? I mean, God got the glory. It was all because of him I won those prison cells. It was because of him it was hard work, but I did it in the name of Jesus and he was with me, he was behind me. And so I was delivered from the lion's mouth, amen? I mean, the world ain't getting the last laugh. The Lord, the world, or the Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And Paul signs off. He said, This is my why. It didn't look like 
we want to put on an idol and say, that's the life I live, but it was on mission for Jesus, amen? And that's what we're called to be, men and women of the gospel. So I just want to know, where's your spiritual passion in 2023? Like, what's going to keep you in that seat watching TV all day long? Like, what's, what, what, what's gonna, what could hold you back when you got the good news of Jesus, amen? And so we just got to get up and make that list. And I took that list and I got on my mirror and I got my phone. And this is why I get up early. And this is why I stay up late. This is why I work endless hours at the Hope Center. And this is why we set up and tear down. And this is why I invite people, you know, it's awkward. And I barf the gospel out sometimes. But this is why, amen. And I just believe as a church, if we just put that in our heart, man, the, the, the force of the gospel is unstoppable. It is it, believed that God wanting to reach people, amen. And that's our purpose in this year. Like you can't unmarry the two. And so as you look out, like forget the goal, like that may change a little bit. I think you should write them out, but look at your passion. And out of that, like develop a, a goal, develop a direction. And at the end of the year, I just know like, man, be faithful to God. Who knows where you're gonna take this church, amen? I mean, where's he gonna take your block or your family or realistically just you, change you. God would come before you. I got, I pray that our church would be full of spiritual passion. Thank you for the example of Paul. He wasn't perfect. Oh, wretched man that I am who delivered me from this body of death. But he recognized there was power in the spirit of God and the power of God was behind him and strengthened him all along his journey. And I pray that'd be our story. Then we sign off, do we sign off like that? Giving the glory to Jesus, living a life for him, bringing and pointing kings and nations to you. I'm praying for our church today and those who say, you know what, I'm, I'm renewing my spiritual passion this year. Like I'm gonna have this my why moment. I'm getting serious about God. I'm gonna be passionate about God this year. If that's you, just put your hand high. The Spirit's speaking to you. Come on, be full in. Come on, I see the hands across this place. Put the hands down. Father, you see the hearts, you know the hands. God, I pray that you ignite something to us, God, from you. And God, we'd fall in love with that. God, that we would please you. God, help us to make a love-hate list of our passion. God, that we never forget the cross, that we have a life verse, that we live, live on mission, that it would drive us every day of our lives. We pray for one more group of people, and that's those of you that would say, you know what? I'm not a king, but the gospel came to me today. It was an action I was here. Somebody brought me to this moment. Somebody showed me the door. Somebody's living on faith and watched online. And God has met me here. Not even a king but he came for me. If that's you, you need Jesus. You're gonna be the King of Kings. Your life changed, be forgiven and made new. The gospel to infiltrate your life and change you from the inside out. If that's you, just raise your hand high. Don't be looking around and say, man, I need Jesus today. Come on, across this room. If you're online, you click the button. But I need Jesus. Come on, see your hand in the back. Anybody else, I need Jesus. If that's you, I just encourage you to pray this prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's just your heart towards God. Say, thank you, Jesus for coming for a man like me. God, thank you for dying across my sins. God, taking the nails, taking my payment and making me whole. And God, I surrender my life to you. God, give me every ounce of passion and zeal to share you. And today is my day one of faith. I'm gonna do nothing but proclaim the gospel today to a lost and dying world. Amen. Come on, give it up for the things of God. Come on, let them know. Let's hear some passion in your clap today. Come on. You today, and you say, You know what? My breakout year starts when I say yes to Jesus. We are so excited for you. We have some resources we'd love to connect with you. You can take out your phone and text RL Next, like your next step to 97,000. Um, that's going to connect you with our website, some resources to follow Jesus. And maybe this morning, even you're like, You know what? I don't know about this whole God Jesus thing. Text it anyway, take you to our website. We would love to help you meet Jesus, who has changed our lives in such amazing ways. And if you're joining us here in person, at Kentucky Trail, we actually have some red bags in the back that you can grab. It's got a free Bible, um, just a little word from us to help get you encouraged and started on your journey with Jesus. And I know that, man, the journey of a thousand steps starts with, or a thousand miles starts with one step. And so this could be your step today to have an amazing year. And for all of us, I have a few next steps. I mean, we are pumped to be back um, meeting together at Kentucky Trail, and it was so much fun to connect online last week. But we have a big year and a lot of big goals and dreams and vision that God has given us. And it starts um, it starts with just like Sean talked about, having that passion in your year to reach 
people. That's why real life exists, and that's why we're here, and that's why we do what we do. And so it starts with all of us. And so I have a next step for you. We have Sean mentioned these cards that are sitting on your chair. And I don't know if you know this, but I was the product of a church invite when I was a teenager. My group of friends then invited Sean to church. And so it's cool to look back and think about, you never know the impact you're going to make with a simple invite of inviting someone to Jesus, maybe a step of inviting them to church so they can meet him here. You don't know what God is going to do in someone's life. And so let me be the first one to encourage you to take these with you, pass them out to the barista when you're going through the drive through line, talk with people, hand them out to your neighbors. We have so much in store for them. And when your life has been changed by Jesus, you want nothing more than to share that with others. And so let it be part of your new normal this year to be an inviter and not just an inviter, but we call these bring invitations. So don't just invite, but bring them along with you, save them a seat. Um, but do take these. We have tons of them and they are your tool to be able to invite people to church. So they're here for you and we would love to equip you to do that. And speaking of your new normal, maybe you've been hanging out with us for a little while here at Real Life and maybe you've never made that step to say, you know what, I just don't know what my next step is, but I know God's got something for me. Well, we are resuming our crash course. It's going to be on January 22nd. You can go to our website, click events. All the details are going to be on there about where we're meeting. It's going to be from 2 to 4.30 next week, but I know that God has something big for your life and I know that God has passioned and purposed you. So maybe after you write down your list of, hey, what am I passionate about? God's going to spark something inside of you. And we'll ask you that question to say, hey, would you be willing to take those gifts you have or that passion you have and use them to spread the gospel to our city? And it looks a lot of different ways, but we have a big dream to see people grow and to see people come to Jesus. We want to see um, fully functioning like worship teams in our youth and in our kids space. We want to see our Hope Center up and moving with care groups and care ministries and outreach to our city. We want to see our refreshments ministry out in the hub, serving people who come in the door. And every single team across our church has big dreams for this year to grow. And so we need your help. So if you've never been to Crash Course, or maybe you've been to Crash Course and you never fully took that step to join the team, we would love to connect with you. Come out to Crash Course meet with any of us you've seen on stage. We would love to connect you with your next step in that way. And our last next step is this, is that you all are incredible. We're looking at, Drew shared so many of those numbers about what 2022 was at Real Life, but our generosity was up 28% from 2021 last year. And that's because of you all. It's because of the growth that we've seen here. It's people growing closer to God, taking a chance of faith to say, you know what, God, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to give. And so because of your generosity, we were able to finish the construction phase of the Hope Center. Now we get to move in and start some of these ministries and all those things that there are continued needs for. And so if you're new with us today, thank you for coming. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. But if you call Real Life home and you have never thought about being a part of generosity, it's really what makes this whole thing go. And so the last step of your new normal would be making a difference through generosity. And so there's three ways that you can do that. You can go to reallifechurchkc.com. You can click give. You can text any amount to 84321 or our website also has a give button that you can click on there to get connected to generosity. And our buckets are going to pass here in just a moment. And as they do, if you or your family are in immediate need of food, clothing, or shelter, please reach into those buckets, grab any loose cash that you see. We want to be a blessing to your family in this time of need. And then lastly, happy spring, almost. I wish it was spring. Happy winter, but life groups are getting ready to launch. So check out this video to learn more. Last week, you were challenged to make gathering together with the people of God an important priority in 2023. I've got an awesome opportunity for you to do just that. Life Groups are launching in a couple of weeks. Come on, get excited to hang out with friends, make some new friends, and do life together this next semester. It's the small things that make the biggest difference. And maybe 2022, things got in the way of you joining a life group. Maybe things like not enough time, or some guilt, or fear, or comparison. But hear me when I say that where you fall short, Jesus shines. Make 2023 a breakout year with some keystone habits, one of which could be joining a life group. This year, we are crying out to God for souls to be changed, addictions to be broken, relationships to be restored, and people to be saved and sent out. 
And all of these things happen through the context of relationships. You were posed the question last week, who do you want to become in the next six to 12 months? Maybe that's a godly mom or wife, a bold witness for Jesus. Maybe 2023 is the year you become sober or clean, or you become financially free. And hey, maybe it's to take a step towards God this year to becoming a true man or woman of God. And I know that God will and can use life groups as a catalyst towards your personal growth. So make attending a life group one of your habits of 2023. I am certain that you won't regret spending time with the people of God. If you're interested in leading a life group this semester, or maybe you're considering going through our apprenticing process, I would love to meet you and talk with you about what that would look like. I'll be hanging out in the hub after the gathering over by the life group's wall. So come over and say, hey, and be on the lookout next Sunday for all of the life groups that we'll be offering this semester. So far, we've got hangout groups, family groups, we've got a hunger games group, a coffee shop group, a book study on the book of Jude, and a serving group. You are not going to want to miss out hanging out with the people of God this semester. Man, who's ready for life groups? You guys excited? Man, if you haven't been a part of a life group, can I encourage you? It is the best thing that you can do this year. You'll get so much out of it. It's really where you'll get connected with God's people and God will just change your life through it. So can't wait to see you guys in a life group this coming uh, semester. Hey, I believe God is on the move in the city through life groups, through the Hope Center. And I believe that it starts with you guys. It starts with us as a group. Simple invite, simple prayer. Just a willingness to say yes. And I know you guys will do that. So I can't wait to see how God is going to use you guys just to move through the city this week and just change your circles. Man, I will pray for you guys. If you guys also need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. I uh, can't wait to hang out with you to see how God moves uh, through you guys this week and talk about it next week at 9, 30, or 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next